When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Sean Backey from CLNS Radio and the Evening Score Sports Podcast. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to lynda.com. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 4,500 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, or even find a new job or improve upon the current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Now, if you sign up today for the free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash CLNS, You'll get the benefits of unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You'll also get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices, as well as access to new courses added every week. Some of the courses that were recommended for me uh, include analyzing your website to improve SEO, viral marketing, and web analytics fundamentals. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for the free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash CLNS. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. Go out and challenge yourself today. That's L-Y-N-D-A 
And, of course, we have that free 10-day trial with lynda.com by going to www.lynda.com slash CLNS Radio. Get out there. Challenge yourself today. Get on board. Make yourself better in 2015. Hey, it's free. Do it up. Got a great show for you tonight as we uh, we will have uh, Mike Riley of C, uh, excuse me, of uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub, along with a myriad of other places that he does PA announcing for. We're going to talk a little bit about the Patriots and Seahawks, of course, and not to mention we're going to talk Media Day, which happened Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk all sorts of things from Marshawn Lynch saying, I'm just here not to get fined, to Rob Gronkowski reading out of a romance novel. Uh, it's just some of the crazy things that were out there, and we'll get to the X's and O's as we are. But, Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Sunday can't come fast enough. The snow's got me cooped up right now, so that's not helping things. If I could, I would just fast forward to kickoff. I know. I, I, it's, I can't think of anything better than kickoff the Super Bowl. Bobby, let me, before we get on Mike Riley, one thing I, I want to ask you right now is, A, Super Bowl is like a holiday. So when is either the NFL going to get smart and move the Super Bowl to Saturday night so that we can all have a blast and not have to get up and go to work the next day? Or when is, you know, the U.S. government going to say, all right, nothing happens, nothing at all happens uh, after the Super Bowl. Everyone calls in sick or they have the Budweiser flu. When are they going to, you know, do something? Maybe we can move, maybe we can move President's Day, uh, you know, after that, that's in February. Maybe, maybe we can move that up like two weeks and we can all get Monday off. I've actually heard rumblings that they might push the Super Bowl back to President's Day weekend so that it's a long weekend. But, yeah, to me, Saturday night makes all the sense in the world as well because you're not going to give these teams two weeks off before the actual game itself, you know, two weeks and then the week leading up to the game, three weeks total. That's just absurd. So if you're going to do that and push it back to President's Day weekend – then you're going to have to change the playoff format so it's not three weeks off. So uh, one of these parties is going to have to get smart and make sure that the day after the Super Bowl, people aren't going to work. Because who's productive the next day, really? Oh, I don't know many people that are productive, especially when your hometown team is in the Super Bowl because it's either going to go one or two ways. All right, So you're either going to win and you're going to have a celebratory beer or a celebratory shot, or maybe some champagne. You're going to be up all night, hopefully listening to the CLNS Radio post-game show, which will follow the uh, Patriots' a victory over the Seattle Seahawks or their defeat uh, directly after the uh, the uh, Super Bowl next Sunday. Or you're going to be out there watching, partying with your friends. Or you're going to be sitting there and your team's going to lose, and you're going to be in the dumps. On on Monday morning, give me the next day off, or at least give the next day off to the people whose whose fans, you know, are in the team. It's just it's too much of a roller coaster ride. Or why can't they start it at like one o'clock in the afternoon? I understand TV ratings and all that other stuff, but and and, and I'm not complaining because I I'll watch the Patriots if they're on the moon at at two thirty in the morning. But you know, come on, help me out a little here, government. Yeah, and if they gave that exemption to just fans of the two teams playing in the game, you might see a lot of phony letters trying to get bosses <laughs> to give people the day off. A lot of phony fans out there. 
Yeah, a guy walks in. And he's, he's, you know, the Dallas Cowboys happen to be in the Super Bowl, and they're, and they're going up against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and all of a sudden, some guy in, uh, you know, Podunk, uh, <laughs> Podunk, Pennsylvania, wherever that is, coming in, and he and he's in in blue and teal, going, "Yeah, Jaguars!" <laughs> exactly. Just don't get the teams wrong. Make sure you know who's playing and you got the right jersey. Oh. Uh, well, Bobby, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's bring on our friend Mike Riley. Joining us on the line right now is Mike Riley of 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. He is also the PA announcer for the Lowell Spinners, as well as uh, UMass Lowell men's and women's basketball and BC Athletics. He's going to be on tonight with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the New England Patriots, as we always do. Mike, how you doing tonight? Well, I'm ready to talk uh, some basketball with you guys. I didn't think there was a big game on Sunday. So, uh, NBA talk tonight instead. You guys okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the rebuilding Celtics. Let's talk about Trader uh, Trader Danny and all the uh, first-round picks that he's got. You know, I, he's got enough first-round picks to uh, last uh, a lifetime. Unfortunately, I, I you just... know, if it was the NFL, if it was the NFL, that'd be exciting. Absolutely. No doubt. Bring it on. And uh, just being in the house all day with this snowstorm here that's pretty much uh, clipped the New England Northeast area, it's, uh, I've got cabin fever, and this is the best medicine to talk football. So bring it on. Well, here we go. We'll start Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks because they are technically the road team wearing white. I don't think it's going to be as bad as going up to Century Link Field. Initial thoughts on this game for me were that uh, it was going to be close, but the Patriots would uh, pull it out at the end by a score. Um, I'm looking right now at a guy like Marshawn Lynch, and I'm wondering how the Patriots can stop beast mode. What do you think? Well, I mean, Lynch has had a fantastic year, no hiding behind that, and the way the, the thing that concerns me a little bit here with the Patriots as of late, I think we really saw them uh, get exposed in that Baltimore game, where the run the run game um, against the Patriots, so the Pats' run defense uh, got exposed. Like I said, and, and really the attacking point were uh, Chandler Jones on the weak side, and um, Dante Hightower kind of had a tough game in that Baltimore game too. Uh, the Pats are giving up an average of just over 100 yards um, on the run side uh, during the year and during the postseason as well, for that matter, uh, even though they got by the Colts rather easily. But that Baltimore game opened up some eyes for me there a little bit and, and really thinking, okay, so if we have to play a running back, go up against a running back like Marshawn Lynch say the Super Bowl, and sure as heck enough, that's what it is, that could be a little scary. Uh, but they're going to have to step it up here. No hiding behind that. Lynch is just having a good year. This could be his last game, too, uh, with Seattle if if they are to win. We don't know. Uh, but that is one guy you have to contain, and you got to make sure he doesn't do any significant damage because if he does, this could be a one-sided ball game. Yeah, the Patriots are going to have to do a good job of containing beast mode. Mike, do you think that Deflategate will have any impact on the Super Bowl itself, positive or negative? For the Patriots, positive. Uh, for the Seahawks, 
probably negative, I'd say, because I think the Pats are going to use that as motivation and look at what they've done. Look at what they did uh, with that first game after the Spygate allegations in 2007, and they paid the price, the whole nine yards, with the uh, losing of the draft pick and the fine uh, on Belichick and also um, the team as well. But I think that the Patriots are going to rally here after what I was saying after that first game there when they beat San Diego in 07. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that and come out of the gate swinging here and, and really lay down the, the smackdown, if you will, on Seattle because this is pure motivation, if anything. They clearly know that it's a meaningless topic, and it just sounds like this is going to be a, a closed case sooner than later. Um, you know, there, there's so many different conspiracies and, and the whole nine yards, everybody around there, and, and it's us versus the world for the Patriots right now. So if anything, a positive uh, to for motivation side and for Seattle, the negative for them because they're going to be the victims there. I've been watching a lot of game film of the Seattle Seahawks over the last couple of days, getting ready to uh, write an article on how to defend them. But one thing that I've noticed is their receivers in Curse and Baldwin. Sure, they're not, you know, the big-name receivers and primetime. Deion Sanders just says they are I. But something that I see is that they seem to get open down the field a lot. We got Darrell Revis, who arguably is the best cornerback in the league. Richard Sherman, of course, is up there as well. And on the other side, we have Brandon Browner. Let me ask you right now, can Seattle get deep on the Patriots? Well, uh, the, the, I'm not too worried with Revis. I think he's going to shut everybody down. And, you know, Revis Island, he's only allowed two touchdowns all year. Uh, what would what I, what I do have a hard time uh, thinking that what could get by the Patriots would be the Brandon Browner situation. Browner, uh, physical player, no hiding behind that. But this is a Seattle team that knows him very well. And um, he is the guy that has had, I want to say, close to 10 penalties on him this year for, uh, you know, being too physical. And, and that's caused the Patriots some penalty yards, no hiding behind that. So that would that would um, that would really see a my end there for Seattle to take advantage of that uh, on Brandon Browner in that situation. And it looks as though that uh, oh boy, I don't know if Jermaine Curse would be. I think Re- Revis would have Curse, wouldn't he? And Baldwin would probably be. He may have uh, he, Browner may have Baldwin or the other guy um, Lockett, I believe, right? Ricardo Lockett. I think uh, Browner would either be on him or Doug Baldwin. So whoever Browner's on, I think that that's where the Patriots, I'm sorry, the Seahawks could get some yards on because Browner, um, you know, he has struggled a little bit with the uh, speed game uh, being quick and so forth. So that would give me a little bit of uh, an advantage to Seattle there on that end. But for Darrell Rivas, when he's on someone, don't even attempt it. Forget it. Yeah, I'd also look to see Brandon Browner spend some time covering Seattle's tight end. Mike, give me a storyline, and there's so many of them going into this game that you're looking forward to see play out. Oh, well, I think uh, 
you know, the last time the Patriots were in the Super Bowl, they came this close uh, to beating the Giants, which was four years ago, and that was a heartbreaker on its own. But I think a real big thing here uh, is Rob Gronkowski. He is he got the comeback player of the year, and he, we got a healthy Rob Gronkowski now. This is last time he was in that boot, and and he's 100% full ready to go. And I think that's going to be a, a huge impact here uh, for the Patriots. But a uh, you know Tom Brady, of course, the, the storyline going for his fourth ring and trying to cement his legacy as maybe the best quarterback going into uh, the Hall of Fame of all time. And and just the fact that he's been to six is a, a story in its own. Uh, so I'd say the Brady legacy right there and the fact that he has his favorite receiver healthy and ready to go, those are the top two storylines right there in my book. Media Day, of course, was uh... – was Tuesday, and uh, LeGarrette Blount came out and talked about the Seattle Seahawks and how they like to talk, and that's okay, they can talk. Kenny Bruschi came out and said the Patriots should run right at Seattle. Of course, Seattle has a very good front, uh, front seven. they got some athletic linebackers, a great pass rushing uh, ability, and they hold teams to a low amount of uh, rushing yards per game, roughly about 85 per game. Is it conceivable that the Patriots could actually run on this team? Oh, absolutely. I think LeGarrette Blunt uh, has proved that. Look at the AFC Championship game against the Colts, and what a pickup, too, by the way, by the Patriots here. And thank you, Burke Steelers, for that uh, early Christmas present, releasing him with the Patriots, uh, saying that one man's trash is another man's treasure. And uh, you didn't the get fact the, uh, that. Memo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tampering? <laughs> that's true exactly but you know what we'll take it though i don't care and, and blunt is he came out and said he's never been happier uh on another team besides patriots he loves this team so much and you know they gave him the the two-year deal too so that's a credit to his own right there but i think blunt could have a pretty good game uh going up against seattle and in the run game in its own there now if they can't get anything going uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them go the short short pass route, uh, quick screens to Shane Vereen, um, and try to open up the middle of the field as much as possible with Julian Edelman because it looks as though that Richard Sherman is going to be on Brandon LaFell. But, but as far as the run game goes, though, I, I think they can get some stuff going. Uh, Bobby Wagner is a, a very good uh, linebacker for Seattle and um, well, I'm blanking on it. Uh, Michael Bennett, the, the defensive end too. So you got to take those guys into account there. But if you're going to have a guy that's as valuable as Blunt and uh, the the way he's been playing the last couple of games with the momentum on his side, uh, I think they could have a very good day in the run game. Speaking of that short passing game of New England. Do you think we're going to see more Danny Amendola and those three wide receiver packages or more two tight end sets? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, like I said, just talking about that last point I made there, it looks as though the Richard Sherman is going to be on LaFell. So that would really open up the middle of the field 
um, with those guys. I, I don't know. Maybe the two tight end set, I wouldn't be surprised if you have two guys on Gronk. So that would really open up things more for Amendola and Edelman, for that matter. Um, but if they go with the two tight end set, then you have Humanao Nui in there as well. Uh, and um, Tim Wright. So here's a guy who hasn't really made that much noise in the postseason, but you know he's there. He's a, he's a pretty good tight end too. Uh, Patriots are a weird team to protect. We know that. I mean, one week you could have a, a fantastic guy have a have a breakout and then not play uh, the week after. For example, see Jonas Gray. Um, so I I think that the two tight end set could very easily be used, and then the um, the you know the slot receivers more than the deep ball. Well, you did mention Tim Wright there, and that's my next question: Is Tim Wright because ever since that Detroit game where he had five receptions and two touchdowns, he's been kind of a non-factor. I look at him, and I look at the matchup that we have here against the Seattle Seahawks, and it reminds me of a lot of what they went up against in Detroit. The fact that they have a very, very good front seven. Of course, Seattle's uh, defensive backs are a lot better. But Seattle gave up the second most, I believe it was, touchdowns to tight ends. I could see a a situation where they're double-teaming Gronk down by the goal line and Tim Wright gets out and open. Could he be an unsung hero in this game? Oh, um, positively. I mean, this is a guy right here that – you, you said it right there best with Gronk being shut down on the goal line and and you think you're going to see how to get thrown off thinking you're going to give it to uh, Gronk. But, uh, boom, you, you go right to Tim Wright. So I think he could very easily have uh, some time and, and, and an opportunity to make some noise in this game and no better stage than to do it right here. Quick follow-up there, Mike. Uh, if he does have a coming-out party in the Super Bowl, does that instantly become the best trade that uh, that Bill Belichick has ever made? <laughs> you know, i, I got to tell you, I was not disappointed with the Logan Mankins trade from the beginning of the year. I, I like Mankins. I do. I understand from the business standpoint. I just didn't agree with the timing of it 10 days before, and then all help broke loose on the offensive line. Uh, but things came together, and, and, and Tim Wright had a pretty good year, like you said there. Um, if, if he does, if he does have a good game, then it'll probably be up there uh, with. It'll definitely be up there in the top two or three trades he's made of all time. No, no question about it. Mike, you talked earlier. One of the storylines you're looking forward to seeing play out is involving Tom Brady's legacy and what this game could do for it. You talked about the positive impact that could that it could have. What does a loss mean for his legacy and for Bill Belichick? Well, a loss means that he's 3-3 three and three in, uh, the, in his career in the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, uh, I think a loss for him would mean that this whole Deflategate thing, which is still kind of a dark cloud over the Super Bowl, uh, and, and a legacy for him would, I hate to say it, but could be cheating. Um, and unfortunately, we still don't have any word from the NFL. But Belichick came clean last week, and he, I was very impressed with his press conference, even coming out talking about the Spygate situation, which we know is so overblown. And 
the Deflategate thing, which I think you guys agree is really overblown, uh, except for the deflated footballs, no pun intended. And, of course, this is just uh, for Brady, For if he is to lose his 3-3, three and three, okay, he didn't get his fourth ring, but he's been to the dance six times, and the, nobody has ever done that before. That's pretty remarkable, considering it is a salary cap era. Uh, and also with the Patriots, the fact that they've been to this many Super Bowls, and it, it does hurt a little bit that if they haven't, if they don't win, it, it would be uh, 10 years going on 11 that they hadn't won their last one. The bar's just been set so high for this team that the expectations are ridiculous. So for Brady, I still think he would be in the top 10 category. He would not be propelled, unfortunately, for uh, the standards of everyone else into the top two or three, maybe best of all time. This is a huge game for Brady to cement his legacy and Belichick to say uh, to everybody, shut up, because I'm the greatest coach of all time. I love that. Shut up, I'm the greatest coach of all time. A guy who shut up today was uh, was Marshawn Lynch at Media Day, answering every question with, I'm here just so I don't get fined. And I saw a lot of Patriots fans on Twitter going out and absolutely bashing the guy. And I kind of tweeted out that I thought it was kind of a double standard because while Bill Belichick does talk to the media, he never gives them anything. He's famous for the on to Cincinnati and on to Seattle thing. So let me ask you this, Mike. If he was part of the New England Patriots, would you embrace this I'm just here not to get fined? Uh, That's a great question because I consider myself a (laughs) – I try to be the pom-pom and, and be the homer man as much as possible. But you have to be objective here in this question, Jeff. So it, that's a tough one uh, with Marshawn Lynch. He did the right thing by going to media day. And I, I know he's had a whole war with the NFL over the last month or so. But shame on this guy, though. He's a, he's a big boy. No need to be uh, a little crybaby and, and the show off or whatever. So I, I guess to answer your question formally, I would be embarrassed. Uh, and I know Bill Belichick would be embarrassed. In fact, I don't think he would put up with this. Um, if Lynch ever tried to pull that at all on the Patriots, uh, you would very you couldn't see him gone uh, maybe after a, a game or two or whatnot because, or he'd be spoken to and he'd have to drink the Belichick Kool-Aid. But I, I would not embrace it personally. It's just not the right thing to do. Marshawn Lynch shying away from the moment. Someone who did not is Robert Kraft, who is adamant that if the league and Ted Wells find nothing in their investigation into Deflategate, that they owe the Patriots, especially Brady and Belichick, an apology. What was your reaction to Kraft's speech? Oh, just fantastic. Just fantastic. He came out of the gate swinging and and showed everyone that who was the boss here and and I think the fact that he did that really put the exclamation point on it that he stands behind his coach and his quarterback. And, you know, 15 years ago today was when uh, Kraft did hire Belichick to be the uh, current head coach of the Pats. So it's been a good relationship for them. And that was so important for him to come out there and, and do that last night because uh, it, it not only showed his support for them, but also for the team. And 
uh, the fans there because we know how close he is with uh, uh, the commissioner and, and his tight connections with the league. And uh, I think that just shows that he's trying to do the right thing. And, and you know, it was just couldn't have been a better situation. It was perfect. That's awesome. That's just – you're right. Kraft was awesome. We always hear yep. Bill Belichick sit back and say that it's all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm. The last time Seattle was in Arizona, of course, where the Super Bowl will be played this week at the University of uh, Phoenix Stadium, uh, Needham's own Stephen Hoshka was 0 for 3 on field goals. Do you think that's in the back of his mind right now? Absolutely. And I think what's also in the back of his mind is that he's going up against uh, his hometown team that I'm sure he grew up rooting for. And so those are two things right there. And that was the biggest – I remember Al Michael saying that uh, on that Sunday night game, early December, I want to say, that this is the most important regular season game in the history of this stadium in Arizona. And from there, they just derailed. And, uh, you know, really Seattle let them get back in the game there uh, with those missed field goals. It was huge. Uh, But then Seattle did eventually pull away with it. So I think any time a kicker uh, has trouble with the field goals and and the fact that it's in the same venue where he was just maybe, uh, oh, boy, seven, eight weeks ago, um, that has to be a mental issue. But... Of course, it's going to do everything in his power to erase that, but that has got to be in the back of his head, no question about it. Well, Mike Riley, thank you very much for joining us here on CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. We really enjoyed your insight and talking a little Super Bowl with you. Before we let you go, uh, we won't hold you to it, but what is your prediction to for this game? Oh, you want my score or do you want the win and the loss? What do you want? Whatever you feel comfortable with. All right. Well, I'm just going to go off on a limb and say this. Patriots 28, Seattle 18. Love it. You like it, Bobby, That would be nice. You like that, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) I love that, Mike. We'll see what happens. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, Always good to hear from you, boss. Thank you. That, of course, was – that, of course, is Mike Riley uh, from 98.5, the Sports Hub. And, of course, he is the PA announcer for the Lowell Spinners, also does work with UMass Lowell, the uh, men's and women's basketball team, as well as all of BC Athletics. Great insight there from Mike Riley. And Mike was brought to us today by our friends over at lynda.com. Go out and challenge yourself today. Get on board with Linda and CLNS Radio by going to www.linda.com slash CLNS Radio to claim your free 10-day trial to Linda. What is Linda, you may ask? Well, it's a place you can go out and you can learn. You can learn anything you want to learn. All the classes are taught by professionals. There are plenty of documentaries on there, plenty of things that you can learn about. You need to know a little bit more about Excel, you hop right on there. You want to learn about how to title your uh, uh, articles if you're a blogger, you can, you can go in and learn about SEO. Check out lynda.com. That is L-Y-N-D-A dot com. And don't forget to claim your free 10-day trial with CLNS and Linda. 
What a great thing from uh, our buddy over there, Mike Riley. I uh, really appreciate having him on. He uh, he is a talented fellow, don't you think, Bobby? I said it about Pete Shepard, and I'll say it about Mike Riley as well. He's knowledgeable, and you love the passion that he speaks with. You can just hear the enthusiasm, how excited he is to talk about this game, and you know that he's going to be going nuts, of course, once kickoff comes. <laughs> we have had some solid guests on this week. Of course, our first show to kick off the week was with Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub. And, of course, you mentioned Pete Shepard going out and being on uh, last night's show, uh, this morning's show, because we're releasing him at 11 o'clock to row into the next day. Um, and, of course, now Mike Riley. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Bobby, uh, on the Seahawks Radio Patriots beat, we are going to have a Seattle Seahawks blogger can you believe it we're gonna bring in the enemy it's like we're it's like we're gonna be sleeping with the enemy <laughs> yeah it's gonna feel dirty but someone's got to do it you know it is uh it is going to be paul fire and he is at p bizzle b-i-z-z-e-l he is the host of 12 for 12's radio uh out there on the double ot radio network uh in seattle um he was actually believe it or not the first guest on the Patriots Beat podcast as Patriots Beat will be celebrating its one-year anniversary running here on CLNS Radio uh, right around Super Bowl time as we had him on uh, Super Bowl Sunday to talk about uh, his Seattle Seahawks against the uh, Denver Broncos. And he actually um, was a little bit of a Nostradamus. He told me that Percy Harvin was going to return a kick for a touchdown. So, We'll see what we have when we have him on tomorrow. Of course, I'll be going on his show later on tonight uh, out there in Seattle, and he'll be returning the favor tomorrow. Yeah, as long as any predictions he has that are to come true are positive for the Patriots, I'll take it. But if not, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> in my best, in my best club lang uh, voice <laughs> from Rocky, what is your prediction? Pain. <laughs> oh, Bobby, media day. Oh, just crazy. We talked about uh, Marshawn Lynch, of course, being, well, Marshawn Lynch not talking to the media. Uh, Rob Gronkowski reading out about, hey, out of a novel, uh, a, a basically a sex novel about himself, a romance novel. So that was that was quite funny. Uh, Bill Belichick being asked what his favorite stuffed animal was. Uh, I, I like that one a lot. And uh, then a sock puppet. What are your thoughts on, on Media Day? Because, Really, you don't get much out of the players or the coaches here. Yeah, I'm always interested in hearing the off-the-wall questions, seeing some of the characters. For those of you that were able to watch Media Day, perhaps you saw a guy walking around in a barrel. So there's all kinds of crazies and characters. There's people from all around the world there asking their questions. And it was just, you know, it's always an interesting spectacle. Seattle Seahawks linebacker uh, Wagner comes out and says, Gronkowski's not going to throw me out of the club. I mean, I like the brazen that Seattle comes with. They talked about earlier in the podcast, uh, yesterday I believe it was, that uh, Richard Sherman and those other guys back it up. But you are pissing off right now a six foot six, 265 robot who is healthy, and you got Wagner, and you got Cam Chancellor talking, uh, you got uh, Lane talking. I mean, Gronk 
I can't imagine that this is doing anything but firing him up. Yeah, I'm sure those Jeremy Lane comments are bulletin board material and that you can bet Bill Belichick is going to have something to say about those comments to Gronk. And as far as Bobby Wagner's comments go, I will say this in his defense. He's a lot bigger than Sergio Brown. He's a lot harder to throw at the club. But if you piss Gronk off enough, he'll do it. <laughs> exactly. His exact quote was, he ain't throwing me out the club. He ain't throwing me out the club. I'm sitting back in the VIP section. And I just be careful. You don't want to have to eat those words in front of everyone come the Super Bowl. You know, last time I knew they do throw people out of the VIP section, and sometimes it's because they're drunk. And right now, I think Bobby uh, Wagner is a little, a little on the tipsy side. Maybe a little too, too, too many mimosas this morning. Um, listen, Gronk's our hero, and Seattle fans—they uh, love themselves some Wagner and their Legion of Boom out there. So, I am getting really excited for this Super Bowl coming up. We got some great guests coming up here on CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. Again, we've got. Uh, uh, Paul but, but, uh, Paul Bizzle uh, coming up tomorrow, and he's, it's going to be fun uh, talking a little bit about the uh, New England Patriots versus Seattle Seahawks when we have uh, you know the Seattle Seahawks um, uh, guest on. We're also going to have a another Seattle Seahawks guest on on Friday, um, so we'll be uh, touching on that. Of course, you can find us on SeahawksRadio.com uh, where we are have a running tab of all the uh, all the podcasts from this week. Yeah, Jeff, one stat that is mind-blowing is Field Yates pointed out earlier today that Bill Belichick was hired by the Patriots 15 years ago today. Since then, there have been 123 other head coaching changes wow. around the NFL. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is just crazy. I mean, if you just look at the AFC East, how many – coaching changes there's been there 15 years ago today I'll, I'll yeah i'll never forget that day i was uh yeah i remember that i was working in uh, i was used to be an electrician i was working for my father and i was uh i was in a house in dover i was listening to weei i believe uh when it was broken that he was hired it was actually the uh dale and eddie show the a team that uh, that broke that news i remember that clear as yesterday and I was I was pretty excited so wow you know the other thing you really got to look at Bobby is is if you are doing a Patriots fan uh as I am and you are of course um you know I I, I predate you a little bit on on my fanhood because well I'm just a hell of a lot <laughs> older than you but these are facts these are facts I'm a, I'm a hell of a lot older than you but uh you know in my lifetime or in my fanhood in my lifetime there's been more uh coaches but in my uh, fanhood from '84. Uh, you know, we had Raymond Berry and 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 Rod Rust in his one in fifteen season, and Dickie McPherson, who uh, I tell you, uh, six and six and ten in 1991. Um, it felt like they won the Super Bowl that year. My, my buddies and I, we we watched the games together, and we would just turn around and 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 jump for joy when they won. And we had nicknames for for all the guys out there. <laughs> you know, it was it was crazy and. You know, no one wanted to be the Patriots in Tecmo Bowl because they were horrible. And I don't even know if you would remember what Tecmo Bowl is. I just know you got to be Bo Jackson. <laughs> Things changed, though, when uh, James Orthwine uh, bought the uh, team in 1993. 
A lot of people thought he was buying it to uh, to move it down to uh, St. Louis and become the St. Louis Stallions. He hired Bill Parcells, um, and really the rest is history because Bill Parcells, um, of course, had that uh, relationship with Bill Belichick, and after Belichick was fired after the 95 season, brought uh, brought Belichick into New England as the, he wasn't the defensive coordinator. That's a uh, very misconcepted thing that's out there. Al Groh was actually the defensive coordinator. Hired him as a defensive backs coach and then uh, assistant head coach as well. And he, uh, you know, he was out there teaching the defensive backs back at that time with Otis My Man Smith, uh, Ty Law, uh, Lawyer Malloy, and I believe it was big play Willie Clay was the strong safety on that team. And lo and behold, after uh, after Parcells leaves and uh, and Belichick with him, it's four years later that you know he's back here. Bill Belichick is back, and it's been 15 years, 15 amazing years. The fact that Bill Belichick in the 15 years has had one losing season, and that was that first one when they were five and eleven. Since then, they've never lost more than seven games. They haven't even had an eight-and-eight eight season. That's, that's insane, Bobby. No, I know people talk about the schedule of the year that Tom Brady went down, but they still went 11-5, and five, a record that's normally good enough to get you into the playoffs. Definitely. really is. Normally, they were the, the only the second team to go 11-5 and five and not make the playoffs. The first one was the Denver Broncos. I believe back in the 88 season, if I remember correctly, but back then it was only five teams in each conference that made the, uh, made the playoffs and uh, the three division winners actually got buys. Um, if and people that want to really look back and, and know about that, the number one seed got a buy and they played the winner of the, the four and five seed. And then the two and three seed played each other in the second round of the playoffs. So they added that six team in 1990. Uh, so, it was the only time in with a six-team playoffs that an 11-5 and five team uh, got, did not make the playoffs. So, uh, and, and, you know, it's crazy because they do talk about that schedule and how the Patriots, you know, had an easier schedule, but they also played some really good teams, and those are the teams that they lost to, except for the Arizona Cardinals who made the Super Bowl that year, and they absolutely dusted them that year. Yeah, the Patriots were coming on strong at the end, too. They might have been able to not just get to the postseason, but win a playoff game that year. And it just speaks to what a key factor that stability is in the Patriots' success over this last decade plus. I mean, you look at the AFC East and all the turmoil that's gone on with the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins in terms of quarterbacks and head coaches and the Patriots, year in and year out, it's Brady, Belichick, and it's division championships. Let's close it out on that. It's it's Brady. Belichick division championships. Let's hope for a Super Bowl championship on Sunday, February 1st. We'll catch you guys tomorrow as we, of course, have Paul Beisel of the 12 for 12's radio uh, show on the Double OT Network. Gonna be uh, gonna be exciting having uh, having a opposing side of you. Hopefully, he'll show the same respect that I know we will show him. So moving forward, we'll see you guys.
your internet sports talk radio, CLNS Radio.